Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome. I'm your host, Tony D'Urso. We interview world-class influencers, celebrities, and elite entrepreneurs. And I thank you for joining us. We broadcast every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America's Influencers Channel. And you can listen to all of our shows on your Android or Apple device. Go to TonyDurso.com slash mobile and get the app. TonyDurso.com slash mobile. Today's show is with Daniel Burris and Akbar Sheik, global futurist and millionaire maker. All right, here's some info on Daniel Burris. Daniel is considered one of the world's leading technology forecasters and innovation experts. His firm monitors global advances in technology-driven trends. Welcome to the show, Daniel. It's so great to have you on back again. Hey, it's great to be with you. Daniel, a pleasure, a pleasure, and once again, a privilege and an honor to have you. And for some of our newer audience... To refresh our memories, I'm going to cover a little bit of the same ground. But first things first, Daniel, we'd like to know, how did it all start for you? What's your backstory? Well, I uh, started out in a professional way, started out teaching biology and physics. I uh, taught for a number of years. I really enjoyed it. I got an educator of the year my first year. But I was always entrepreneurial. I put myself through undergraduate school playing lead guitar in a rock band and we actually made money and I ran the band and kind of liked the idea of making money which obviously you don't do when you are teaching. I had an idea for an airplane design so one summer since teachers had the summers off I uh, built and test flew the design it turned out to be fantastic and within 12 months I had 37 national locations was an industry leader I mean it all happened fast By the way, I think one of the reasons it went so well is because I had never had a business course. What I mean by that, (laughs) I know, what I mean by that is that I didn't know all the things I had to do, so I didn't do a lot of those things, and turns out a lot of those things you don't need to do. And uh, I also, uh, two other things really helped me quite a bit. One is I knew I didn't want to compete. The reason is I was an educator. I didn't know how to compete, so I skipped that. I didn't compete. I looked at what the competition was doing, so that I knew what not to do. I did what they weren't doing. And of course, I did a lot of innovation. Uh, So I had that one company and then, well, before the year was out, I had an idea for another company, so I started it. And within two years, I had four companies. All of them were profitable and national leaders in the first year. Turned out I had a knack for business, but I missed teaching. You know, I think, Tony, the two most important moments in a human's life is the day you're born and the day you find out why you're born. And I'm really, really blessed that I found out long ago why I was put on the planet, and that is to teach. So, and not tell, but to actually teach. So I think, because to me, that's empowering. So I decided, here's how I put it to myself. I looked out in my life and I thought, all right, so I'm in my 90s at some point. And I'm looking back at my life, and professionally, if this is how I made my living, and I was doing quite well at the time, and this is, this is my professional future, am I happy? And the answer is no. No, it's, it's not really the answer. 
So I already knew this was not my future. And a lot of people, uh, when they decide to go a different direction, take a long time to make it happen. But I believe once you realize the path you're on is not the future, the sooner you get on the right path, the sooner you'll be happy again and doing better. So I could have probably spent two years selling those four companies and made a lot more money. But instead, I sold them all within six months so that I didn't have the baggage of them, even though they were profitable and doing well, they were holding me back in reality because now I saw a different future. And I didn't want to go back to teaching because I had already done that. And, you know, I, I never go back. I always go forward. Now, I ride a Harley Davidson and it doesn't have a reverse. I only go one <laughs> And uh, so I only go one direction. So I didn't want to go back to teaching. I wanted to go forward to teaching, but I really didn't know what that meant. And uh, to figure that out, what I, uh, what I did was I implemented a principle that I teach in my books and in my uh, speeches, uh, and that is take your biggest problems and skip them. So one of the things I didn't like about teaching was the uh, politics and all of the things that are associated with an educational institution like a university or even a school system. So I skipped that. I decided not to work for one. I didn't like the limitation of the classroom. You know, there's only so many students I can impact. So I decided to skip that and make a classroom planet Earth. Therefore, I didn't have any limitation. And you get the idea. And um, I spent a year doing research because I didn't want to just speak. What are we going to speak about? And I knew that there were a lot of things happening in technology. Now, this is a long time ago now, 35 years ago now, uh, back in the uh, you know, 1983, 84 time frame. And I knew that there were lasers. I knew that there was the Internet. Now, again, there wasn't the web, but there was something called the Internet. There was even emails. Very few were using it, only universities, but they did exist back then. And I knew there were fiber optics, which existed back then. Digital was in its beginnings back then. In other words, I could see back then, way back then, that we had the underpinnings of a major revolution taking place. And I wanted to understand it. So I took a year, and because I was young, I spent, you know, 12, 14-hour days, six and seven days a week for a year, deep diving into finding out what is going on in biology, chemistry, and physics in all areas of technology globally. So I just started reading and classifying and organizing, and it was amazing. And... Uh, I've told very few people this, but I'll share it with you right now. And that is, towards the end of that year, I had a true epiphany. I mean, I, I actually saw the future. I saw that iPhone digital camera future with Netflix and all that. I saw that way back then. It, it just all of a sudden was there. Impressive. And, and what am I going to do? Run out in the street and say I saw the future? <laughs> uh, that ain't going to work. So I thought, well, I, I'll just start uh, speaking and writing about it. And back in 83, I've got to tell you right now, there were not very many people interested in the future of technology. Let's face it, the first Mac was just coming out in 1983. Most people were just using mainframes. So there wasn't a whole lot going on in tech in that context. So what I did is I made it really interesting by working with a company to develop a very advanced robot. And it could, it was an amazing robot. If you're interested, I'll tell you more about it. But 
just to kind of finish this story up so it doesn't get too long. It already is kind of long anyway. I had a robot and started talking about the future, and I really only used the robot for about six or seven minutes at the end. And I figured the key was I just had to be better than the robot. And luckily, I was, and the robot attracted people to hear me. Then they started realizing how valuable what I was talking about was for them, and uh, I ended up doing a couple of hundred paid speeches that first year, and and I've been uh, given at this point about 3,000 all over the world, and I've been doing consulting. I've written seven books and so on. So it's been a wonderful ride, and that's how it, how it all began. Wow, what a story. Very refreshing point of view. You made me laugh and chuckle on several of your things. I just love the way you've approached everything. I love the way you've looked at your vision from the future, looking back at your life as to what you would expect and how you would expect to be. In fact, I have a book called The Vision Map, and that's part of the process, but that we would digress on that. And I love the fact that you ride a Harley and all these things. This is such cool. I think I want to switch the subject of this conversation. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. but, I know, but I know we shouldn't. <laughs> no, no, I understand. By the way, there's one other thing that I think would be germane that I think is really important that I left out of that. It just came to me now that I think is important. And that is when I left teaching to start my first business, I didn't know anything about business. And I was doing well with teaching. So in other words... Like anybody facing change, I had a fear. And most people don't want to talk about fear, but I think it's important to address the elephant in the room, which means we all have fear because we're all humans. And my fear was failure because, let's face it, I didn't know anything about business. I had an idea, but that doesn't mean it's going to work. And I was leaving something I enjoyed behind to do it. So what helped me, Tony, is I got an insight and I thought to myself, hey, you know what? I got more than one fear here. I got a bunch of fears. Why don't we put them all out on the table and see what I got here? And it turned out that the bigger fear than failure was for me, the fear of regret. The fear of being an old person regretting that they didn't do all these things. And I decided, you know, I'd rather do them and fail than regret not even trying. So the insight that I'm sharing here, I actually think is a pretty powerful insight. And that is you, whoever it is, whether it's you, Tony, or anyone else, when you're trying to change, you got some fear, but there's more than one. Why don't you lay them all out and you might find a way, a pathway forward. Daniel, totally agree. Rather to have tried and, well, even have failed than to not have tried at all, I presume is part of it. But also... It's also a matter of courage, the fact that you just want to go out there and try. You know, I did that with my podcasting. You know, I could have continued studying and doing all sorts of stuff, but I I've read through the tutorials that I could find, and I just went on and winged it. And, you know, I made some mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes. And I guess that's why we're, we're both PhDs in the School of Hard Knocks. <laughs> Well, you know, you, you just said something that is an important thing because uh, we both did the same thing, and that is you can't, uh, you can't eliminate failure. But remember I said I, in starting the, all my companies, uh, and I've started a few since then uh, that have done well, I, you can't keep from failing. The key is, and it's another principle I teach, and that is to fail fast. Because, by first of all, I can't afford to fail slow. I need to fail fast. And secondly, 
I want to learn from those failures because the faster I'm failing, the faster I'm learning. I remember when I first started uh, being a strategic advisor to the Joint Chiefs in the Pentagon, and uh, one of the things that I found out is that they don't like failure. They they only like success, and they just keep doing things to keep uh, the things that aren't working. They just keep trying. And uh, I asked them uh, a question. I said, "Are the the biggest lessons that you've learned in your life did they come from your successes or from your failures?" And they all agreed it came from their failures. That's where their biggest lessons in life came from. And I said, well, then if you're not allowing anyone to fail, you're not learning anything. It sent a really powerful message to them because they started realizing failure wasn't the enemy. It's how long you're taking to fail. Uh, Let's face it. If you've got a business and you've ever hired somebody, it didn't take long for you to know this wasn't a good fit. But you might have gone another year or two before it finally blew up. And it's where you already know within a day or two, uh, why didn't you just fail fast? And by the way, it was not helping them or you to hang in there. So let's fail fast. Very sage and wise advice there, Daniel. This is the Tony D'Urso Show. Just ahead, the chat continues with Daniel Burris and Akbar Sheikh, global futurist and millionaire maker. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Hey guys, I found this great podcast that really complements what I do. It's flipmyfunnel.com slash podcast. You know, sales and marketing leaders have to connect with real people, actual human beings, now more than ever. The founder, Sangram... He's a great entrepreneur, chief evangelist, and founder of the Flip My Funnel movement. You'll find a mix of interviews with B2B sales and marketing leaders who are very dedicated to help you become a master of your craft. Imagine that, humanizing B2B marketing and sales. I like that. Check it out and let me know what you think. Go to flipmyfunnel.com slash podcast. Also, Flip My Funnel is a supporter of the Tony D'Urso Show, and that's way cool. Join me and listen to Sangram at flipmyfunnel.com slash podcast. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're listening to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDierso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show. Today's show is with Daniel Burris and Akbar Sheik, global futurist and millionaire maker. Daniel is a strategic advisor to executives, helping them to develop game-changing strategies based on his proven methodologies for capitalizing on technology innovations. He's the author of seven books, including the New York Times bestseller, Flash Foresight, and his latest book, The Anticipatory Organization. All right, and now back to the chat with Daniel. We'll go out of context a little bit because I did want to talk about your book, but since it's brought up, 
When do we say enough is enough? When do we pull the plug? We're in a relationship. We're in a business. We're, we're an entrepreneur. We're, we're working for a corporation. And it's just not going right. But we, of course, we're basically good people. We want to give it the best go. We want to keep at it. You know, we hear, you know, back to relationships, we hear people, you know, having trouble for years and years, but sticking with it for the kids. When is enough enough? Do you have some wisdom on this? Well, yeah, I think what I would share is that, uh, first of all, hope is not a strategy. If you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always had is an old statement. And by the way, from a business context, if today, with exponential change taking place, if you do what you've always done, you'll actually get less of what you've always had. But back on a relationship basis, I think it's worth trying all sorts of different things, but you've got to realize that a person's personality is probably not changing. They're going to be what they are. And if they haven't changed by now, they're not going to be. So you have, you have to ask yourself, is this giving me the best life possible or not? And a lot of people do stay together for some reason, like the kids or something else. But when the kids, all they are doing is observing a horrible relationship, what kind of relationship do you think they're going to have? Um, and, uh, and what impact is that? bad relationship having on them in the first place. Maybe they would have been better off if you weren't together. So again, I think it's, uh, you try, obviously, but at some point you've got to realize, you know, either I've got to decide to just make peace and live with this, or I've got to make some changes because it's not only a better life for me, it's actually a better life for the other person as well and everyone else involved. Because it's uh, if one person's unhappy, I'll guarantee you everybody's unhappy. So true. And you know, I want to tie in your book on this because of the subtitle. Your book, your latest book is The Anticipatory Organization. And the subtitle is How to Turn Disruption and Change into Opportunity and Advantage. And sometimes change can happen very, very fast and not to be silly or whatever. But when it happens, it's changed. It's done. It's disrupted. It's, it's you know, sometimes it's not necessarily something we can control or something we but usually we can see it coming. But let's take it from the point of view of change has occurred. It's happened. It's like, you know, I've seen, I've seen businesses overnight just fall apart and drop. So how can we learn from this? And how can we read the signs better to see what's coming and so forth? Well, that's uh, really good. You know, the book is called The Anticipatory Organization, but organizations are filled with people. In other words, I would like us all to be a lot more anticipatory and a lot less reactionary because that's the corollary to it. So, you know, normally we wait till a problem happens and then we try to solve it. Yet, how many times have we all said to ourselves, I knew that was going to happen. And of course, I would respond by, so why did you let it? So what I'm teaching people to do is to a methodology to predict problems, both personally as well as professionally, that are going to happen before they happen so that you have the chance to pre-solve them as well as to predict the changes and even the disruptions that are going to disrupt you before they hit. There's a way to do that. In other words, it makes disruption a choice. Uh, I like this. I was just giving a speech yesterday in Washington, D.C., and I said, uh, disrupted or disruptor, you are going to be only one or the other, but you do have a choice. And frankly, the choice between the disrupted or the disruptor, I'll pick disruptor any day. And we think of disruption as a negative thing. 
Yet I'm sure Jeff Bezos, CEO of Amazon, doesn't see disruption as a negative thing. Uh, matter of fact, uh, he, he loves disruption because he's creating it. What I'm getting at here is I would like all of us to become positive disruptors, which means instead of waiting for the change or the disruption to unseat us from our little world and, and uh, mess us all up, I would like us to be positive disruptors so that we're creating something better than it is today. Whether it's uh, a relationship that's going nowhere and not working, why don't you disrupt it in a positive way? And it's either going to go up or it's going to go down, but let's, uh, just drifting along in nowheresville is not a, not a great thing. And when it comes to business, you know, we look at uh, brick-and-mortar retail right now, which is being disrupted by Amazon and the others. The reality is a lot of that brick and mortar is boring. It was boring. The salespeople didn't know anything about the products. And uh, you go in there and it was hard to find anything. Let's face it, it wasn't all that great. So I think it needed to be disrupted in this case in a positive way. So instead of brick and mortar retail being about shopping, it's going to be more about the experience. And it's going to be uh, less of, about buying and more about shopping because uh, you might buy later. Uh, in other words, there's a future for brick and mortar. It's just not the old future. And there's a future for a relationship. But if it isn't working, the old future, you know, why just keep living it out? Very good points. And, you know, speaking of that, I only know one, maybe possibly two people that I've ever met. And I've interviewed hundreds of millionaires, billionaires in training and so forth. Only one for sure had what I would consider a very perfect life. No failures, no catastrophes, just a great life handed to this person. Aside from that, everyone else has had to fight and learn. So <laughs> now that brings up a very good point. And the, the point is just about everybody in this world comes to expect unpleasant news as just a way of life. We're all faced with failure, a catastrophe, a bad news, something we saw or didn't see comes about. And with your method, shall I call it, your book, your instructions, what you teach. The good news there is that you can get us better prepared and teach us how to anticipate change and disruption. So I'd like to focus on, we talked about this from a couple of facets. I like to focus on how to anticipate it, how to see it coming. What kind of signs can we look for on, on things like this? Okay, well, you brought up something really important I'll address very quickly, and that is you can't anticipate and predict everything. So, therefore, it's good to be agile. Agility is reacting quickly after a problem occurs, reacting quickly after a disruption disrupts. And agility, everybody thinks it's all the game is all about agility, but it's kind of like a two-sided coin. I want you to be good at agility. There are unexpected things that happen, and you should be able to react to it quickly. But what I'm giving you is the other side of the coin, which is very, very powerful, and that is the anticipatory side. And uh, again, so that you can keep problems from happening and you can turn change and disruption into advantage. And the key to that is learning how to separate what I call the hard trends that will happen. They're based on future facts from the soft trends that might happen. They're based on assumptions that may or may not happen and that carry a lot more risk. So, if I can define, and by the way, it's not that hard, you can do it. If I can define a bunch of hard trend future facts and related opportunities, what you have found is something very powerful, and that is certainty 
in a seemingly uncertain world. See, right now, it seems like everything is uncertain. What's going to happen with the elections? What's going to happen with, are we going to get a different president when it's time to vote again? Uh, What's going to happen with uh, Social Security? What's going to happen with our 401ks? What's going to happen and go on and on and on. But you see, uncertainty doesn't empower me to make a bold move. Uncertainty does not make me write a big check. And if you're a student wondering what degree to get, uncertainty doesn't help a lot. On the other hand, certainty... When you are certain you have the confidence to make a bold move, you have the confidence to write a big check, you can take that step and move forward with your head up. So instead of looking at all the things I don't know, all the things I'm uncertain about, what I do is say, hey, you know what? You ought to use hard trends to look at all the things you do know, all the things you can be certain about, and look at all the amazing opportunities that you can see, because that gives you a pathway forward. Just like right now, one of the hard trends is demographics, one of those categories. And there's 78 million baby boomers. Hard trend. Hey, they're going to get older. They're not going to get younger. That's a hard trend. We've got 10,000 people retiring every single day. And uh, that means a lot of knowledge and wisdom and talent is going to be walking out the door with them. Of course, that part is a soft trend. That depends. See, the hard trend is they're leaving. The soft trend is, well, are they taking all their knowledge with them, or are we creating a knowledge-sharing network? Are we uh, creating a really powerful mentoring programs? Are we capturing the knowledge before they leave, or are we just letting it take them with it? See, the soft thing I like about a soft trend is, if you don't like it, you can change it. The thing I like about a hard trend is, you can see change and disruption coming before it happens. Let me give you another example with healthcare. So right now, healthcare costs have been going up, 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 up for a long time. Seems like there's no end in sight. And uh, but yet that is not a hard trend. That's a soft trend. You could change it. And if in our mind we think it's a hard trend, unstoppable, we don't try. That's why healthcare reform so far has been nothing but health payment reform. Didn't help you get a better knee. All it did was try to figure out how we're going to pay for the mess that the aging baby boomers are going to create. But if you realize the rising cost of health care is actually a soft trend, that's an assumption, and you could change it. You might realize you could take a new technology like blockchain and bring transparency and trust and increased security to a healthcare ecosystem today that has not a lot of security and almost no trust and transparency. Let's face it, right now you don't realize that an aspirin in a hospital might cost you 30 bucks. Well, you don't know how much it costs, so you say, okay, I'll take an aspirin, and you get the bill later. This is the Tony D'Urso Show. Just ahead, the chat continues with Daniel Burris and Akbar Sheik, global futurist and millionaire maker. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You heard that a majority of businesses fail. Don't be a statistic. Get my book free, The Vision Map. Beat the odds for your business success. Get it free at TonyDURSO.com slash vision. And set up your own successful vision map. Tony, D-U-R-S-O dot com slash vision. Hear the stories. 
Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Urso Show. Today's show is with Daniel Burris and Akbar Sheik, global futurist and millionaire maker. And now, back to the chat with our guests. So we will see technologies like blockchain and virtualization and others able to wipe billions of dollars of waste out of healthcare. But if we think it's a hard trend, you know what? We don't, uh, we don't try. Uh, if we see that it's something we can change, we do. What I've given you an example of is the power of a soft trend. If you don't like it, you know what? You can change it. So knowing the difference between those two make all the difference. And very quickly, before we run out of time on this subject, I want to just mention that there are three categories of hard trends. One is demographics. And I know we've got a lot of what's called Generation X, as well as millennials and baby boomers listening to this right now. And of course, all of the things that people say about uh, millennials and all the things that people say about Gen X really is uh, not real valid. I mean, there are, just like with any generalization, there are some things that can be true, but uh, frankly, uh, a lot of it is missed. And then secondly, wherever you are, that's where you are. It's not where you're going to be. In other words, a millennial is what? Getting older every day, every week, every month, every year. And as they get married and have kids, they have different needs. By the way, for you Gen Xers, same thing's going to happen to you. So you may not buy a station wagon like, uh, like Tony's parents did or buy a uh, SUV or a, you know, a, a little minivan like some of the uh, millennials' parents did, but you're going to have to come up with some way. Maybe it's a uh, station wagon owned by Uber, but you're going to have to get around somehow, and, uh, and you've got a family to get around with. So you see, you know, we aren't static in time. We, we move. So there's demographics, there's government regulation. For example, a lot of people think, well, we're not going to get any more regulation. Our administration currently doesn't like regulation. And I would say, oh, yeah, we're going to get it. You can't predict it at all, but you can predict a lot when you learn how to do it. For example, are we going to get more regulation around cybersecurity? The answer is, well, yeah, of course we are, even though we got an administration that doesn't like regulation. You see, there are some hard trends at play you can't ignore. And if you take the time to think those through, all of a sudden, you can find all kinds of opportunity. And the uh, third category is technology. And of course, technology lets you do things today that were impossible just a couple of years ago. A quick example, I was just in uh, Coeur d'Alene, and a guy has come up with a drone that can fly at 70 miles an hour, and it can be automatically triggered by a 9-11 call. So when a 9-11 call comes in, the drone at 70 miles an hour can go right exactly to where the problem is with high-definition cameras and capture what's going on right on the scene before anybody can get through. Uh, I'm just giving you, that was impossible a couple years ago. Well, it isn't now. What else could you do with that? What else could you do with all of the new tools we have out there? What I want people to do by becoming anticipatory is to see the amazing amount of opportunity. And really, when I wrote this book, what I was trying to do was blow the fog away from the mountain of opportunity. By the way, the fog is the news. 
and the news creates the great fog. Let's face it, bad news sells, good news doesn't sell, and if there's no bad news, they'll just give you more high anniversary of bad news. <laughs> so true, unfortunately. I'm just saying that we need to all blow away the fog, and when you do, all of a sudden, you will see so much opportunity, you'll find some new paths forward and the certainty to go do it. I love that. We all want more clarity, and I urge the audience to get your book, The Anticipatory Organization, because we've only scratched the surface. And of course, I also urge everyone, listen to this episode again. There is so much information here that can literally impact your career, your life, your job, your business, the whether or not you pack your day job or, or have another business or you're an entrepreneur, solopreneur. There is so much here that impacts all of us. And I would love to also know, Daniel, aside from reading the book, you got anything else that can help further educate us on this topic? Well, absolutely. I've got a uh, learning system that uh, is an award winner, and I call it the Anticipatory Leader, and uh, that's for individuals. And there's one called the Anticipatory Organization, or obviously organizations and companies. And if people go to Burrus, B-U-R-R-U-S dot com, it's my last name, uh, you can find out information on that and see how it works, and I think you would uh, really like it. And something special for all of the people uh, listening to this podcast I'm going to actually give you a free hardcover copy of my book. All you have to do is go to www.theaobook.com and uh, got to pay a couple of bucks for shipping, but you'll get it in four days and that's a hardcover copy and I know you'll love it. That's why I'm giving it away because I know that you'll recommend it to a friend and they'll end up buying it and I'll end up doing fine. That's very nice. Thank you so much, Daniel. And I'm going to repeat that again. TheAOBook.com? Yep, that's it. Well, thank you so much. Once again, Daniel Burris, he's a global futurist, best-selling author, and just entrepreneur, businessman, strategist, professor extraordinaire. Bet you've never heard that title before. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> His website is Burris.com. B is in boy, U-R-R-U-S.com. You'll see the other show and everything else in the show in the show notes here. Thank you once again, Daniel. Insightful. I, I love this. It's so, there's just so much in such a, a concentrated form that, you know, we've definitely, when you have an update for sure, you've got to come back and incite us more with your studies, your findings, and what you've learned. You got it. My pleasure. All right. Well, thank you very much. And now we have Akbar Sheik join us. Akbar is a best-selling author, speaker, and coached eight entrepreneurs to seven figures through building out their sales funnel. He was once homeless, overweight, and suffered from a crippling anxiety disorder. Welcome to the show, Akbar. It's so great to have you on. I've been looking forward to this. Likewise. Thanks for having me, man. The Millionaire Maker. This is incredible. I mean, what you've done for people, I've seen the testimonials, I've been through it. It is just You've changed people's lives, and I am so can't wait to just jump in. But first things first, Akbar, you've got an amazing story. Can you tell us how it all started for you? What's your backstory? Well, yeah, uh, it's a pretty wild one. Uh, <laughs> we'll try to keep it PG. It's pretty wild. Gosh, even thinking about it, it it's kind of crazy. But I, yes, it's true. We, we've had some success lately. We've helped eight funnels or eight websites or eight entrepreneurs hit seven figures. 
Okay. However, I had to go through quite a bit of suffering to get to where I am today, to go through about a decade of suffering, actually. Uh, that suffering includes uh, a messy divorce, uh, very much overweight, completely out of shape, very much unhealthy, uh, nearly dying at the emergency room, actually being homeless, being involved in the wrong crowd, not having good friends. And really, that's kind of just the tip of the iceberg. But that's really the world I come from. And what got me out of it was really, Tony, just never giving up, uh, was just always understanding that there's more to life. And one of the biggest shifts that ever happened to me is really when I stopped trying to sell people because I had failed in 10 businesses, all types of businesses from uh, automobile wholesaling to real estate to selling radio products to selling fashion to drop shipping to, oh God, uh, God knows what, okay? Fail, 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 fail in all of these businesses. But in reality, as I look back, those businesses really never failed. In reality, I was the one that just failed 10 times. I failed the business 10 times. You know why? Because I gave up. Because I gave up each and every time. It wasn't until I said, when I, start, when I first started my consulting business, it wasn't until I just said, I remember I was making no money doing that. And I said to myself, wait a minute, other people are making money here. Why can't I do it? I said, you know what? I'm sick of it. I am so sick of it. I don't want to do this anymore. You know what? There's no plan B anymore. I am just going to make this work. This is the first time I've ever had this conversation myself. First and last time. I said, I'm just not going to give up. I am going to make this work or I'm going to die trying. And it was with that mentality that knowing that, yeah, of course they can, this can work. It's working for all these other people. But just committing myself to it and saying, no, I'm just, that's it. I'm done. I like this. I'm just going to stick to it until it works. And only then with that mentality was I able to finally find some success. I'm impressed that it's, it reminds me of the adage that you have to, you have to fail to succeed. And it's just amazing how, and I've interviewed so many people, hundreds and hundreds, and they failed, 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 failed. And they just kept at it and did not stop, which I think is the testament to their success. They did not stop and eventually became tremendously successful. I just still think that that is the most important thing. When a person stops, then they're done. Otherwise, you're still learning. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy how the universe works, isn't it? Yeah. And you've created eight millionaires, which is amazing. You're there at the very much at the top percentile. This is the Tony D'Urso Show. Just ahead, the chat continues with Akbar Sheik. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Hey guys, how would you like to be a best-selling author or sell a product or service in high volume? 
These are just some examples of what you can do with ClickFunnels. Get everything you need to market, sell, and deliver your products and services online without having to rely on a tech team. And I just got you a free account. Check it out at TonyDURSO.com slash click. Try it completely free and build your first funnel. You get a simple drag and drop web page editor. You can quickly build sales funnels that convert. There's a smart shopping cart with one click upsells. There's email and Facebook marketing automation. In fact, you get everything organized in one simple dashboard. Try it completely for free at TonyDURSO.com slash click. TonyDURSO.com slash C-L-I-C-K. And here's to your amazing success. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show. This segment of today's show is with Akbar Sheik, the millionaire maker. After taking eight entrepreneurs into the seven-digit club, that means making over a million dollars annually, Akbar actively seeks to help more entrepreneurs cross into seven- and eight-digit earnings. Touted as the only business coaching program you'll ever need to hit seven figures fast, Akbar delivers and has an amazing roster of testimonials and guarantees a positive ROI from working with him. And now, back to the chat with Akbar. You only accept companies that not only have a good vision, but they actually give back or help the society. And I'd like to know, why is that factor your first key decision point in accepting clients? Oh, we've rejected enough money to feed villages. First and foremost, we are a for-purpose company. We're here to help entrepreneurs make more so that they can give more, okay? That is what we're about. That is the crux of our company because I really, truly do love entrepreneurs. I think that we make the world a better place. So really, I I really feel that entrepreneurs are the movers and shakers of the world. I'm only here to spread good. I feel that we're all gifted. God has given all of us gifts, and I want to use those gifts for good. So I'm not here to spread anything unethical, We're going to provide, we're going to promote and help ethical companies scale whose purpose is to make the world a better place. And I understand also that when you take on a client, you become their strategic CMO. The reality is, look, we try to give 10% of of gross revenue to charities, okay? We distribute it amongst different ones, such as funding clean water. Like we've actually developed, we've actually built a well in Africa, giving, you know, an entire village clean water. So we like to fund clean water. We like to sponsor orphans taking care of their medical, food, clothing, education, so on and so forth, all around the world. We like to give the gift of vision to blind kids by paying for their eye surgeries. The thing is, Tony, there's only so much I can do, you know, giving 10% or whatever it is. There's only so much I can do. Let's just say, you know, let's just say we make $10 million a year, for example. sake. That means I can only donate around about a million. But if I can help a lot of entrepreneurs scale to millions, and they all start donating to their families, communities, and favorite charities. Well, now collectively, as an entrepreneurial family, 
we have made a much larger impact in society. You see, the definition of philanthropy, or one of them, is to simply improve the quality of mankind. And in essence, that's what we're looking to do here. That's our mission, is to help entrepreneurs make more so they can give more. Now, I had to create a model that I know would create the most success for entrepreneurs. And yes, that is a coaching program where I'm very much involved and uh, I'm very much like their CMO, Chief Marketing Officer. Well, I mean, part of the reason we've, we've helped so many entrepreneurs hit seven figures or six figures is because we are particular who we work with. I only work with you if I, know, if I really feel very strongly that we can help you. Otherwise, I, it's not like some, you know, okay, whoever's willing to pay will take you. No, that's what most digital marketers do. I'm not picking on anybody, but no, I'm, I'm only going to take you if I know I can help you. And I want to roll this process out a little bit. So you take on a client, you feel that you like their goals, what they're doing, you can help them. We help entrepreneurs gain clarity. We help them with their website strategy. You see, most entrepreneurs, their websites or funnels, they're not converting. Okay, so we've identified five things that every website or funnel needs to get to seven figures. Most entrepreneurs, they do a terrible, terrible job at these five things. That's okay because not everyone can specialize in everything, okay? You have to do what you do best and outsource the rest. So we make sure, we help you revamp your funnel so it's at our website so it's actually converting, okay? Number one. Number two, you're going to get your clarity. You're going to get your vision. You're gonna, we're going to help you get your mind right. We're going to teach you how to build the right team. We're going to teach you how organic, seven-figure organic strategies. We're going to teach you if you want to rock a webinar. We're going to teach you really just how to go from, whoa, here's what we specialize in. Right now, something's not working. There's leaks in your business. We specialize in identifying what those leaks are and fixing them right away so that you can scale. I've heard the stories of people building a funnel every day for months and just huh. never making it. So I understand there comes a time when you need a mentor, someone that's been there that can guide through, you know, just like a sailing the ship, you can guide through all the the shoals and the rocks and the sandbars and everything else to actually lead that ship to victory. So very cool on that. Most people are very terrible with their messaging. A lot of times you just help them with their messaging, with their copy, with their story. And it really just helps them. I mean, so many people, it's like a movie, Tony. It's like, you know, a lot of times a movie has a director, producers, actors, big budgets, cinematography, locations, permits, oh my God, so much goes into it. And the movie could flop if the script is no good. See, the script is one of the most powerful elements. Words are, are some of the most powerful things on the planet. And most people are just not good at it, right? It's just, you know, it's a difficult skill to acquire. and It requires a lot of time to fine tune and hone that skill. So we specialize in getting your messaging right. Because a lot of times your funnel is really not converting because your messaging is just no good. Here's the thing. It's, it's just not clear. Like when people, a lot of times you read this copy, read this messaging, I have no idea what you're doing. Einstein said the genius is to take a complex topic and make it and simplify it so the masses can understand it. You know, I have something called the dumb bum test. When somebody reads your messaging right away, can they tell them, what is this? What's in it for me? And how do I get it? Most people fail the dumb bum test. People's marketing lacks clarity. And that's, that's what we help uh, them do. 
I've seen some of the testimonials and over and over and over, every single person that I've checked out, they make a point to delineate the fact that ethical procedures and ethical operations is your number one. You care that they're doing it right, they're doing things by the book, and that everything is proper. Kind of a weird question to ask, like, why? But for the audience, why is that so important? to scaling a company from where they are up to a million dollars. Why is being ethical important? Yes. Why, why is that so important? Because in this world today, we're like the dog eat dog and there's a means to an end, but you don't operate that way. You're very clear cut from the beginning that it's got to be all straight. If, here's the thing, Tony. If anyone's lying, okay, or being unethical in their marketing, it's simply... For two reasons. Number one, they're just lazy. Sorry, three reasons. Number one, they're just lazy. Number two, they just don't care. Or number three, they just frankly don't know any better. They just see so many other people doing it, and they just think it's okay. They just copy one another. They just don't take it seriously. But think about that for a second. The way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So those people who are not taking it seriously, that means they're not taking anything seriously. They're not taking their health seriously, their relationships seriously, their finances seriously, they can't succeed because they're not serious. If you're not being ethical and your marketing, you're just not serious. I can't help you scale. That's one side of the spectrum. The other side is, hey, listen, I'm trying to collect blessings over here by helping good companies grow. I'm not here trying to collect bad deeds for helping you know, unethical companies grow because you got to understand for every action, there's a reaction. It's about what am I spending my time on? What If I promote you, okay, let's just say you have some sugary drink. Okay, that's like, like a, I don't know, 60 grams of sugar. And I'm promoting the hell out of you. And now, you know, I've got you up to seven and eight figures, whatever. And you're selling all these high sugary drinks to all these kids all over the place. That's terrible. I'm not, why, why would I do that? I'm not making the world a better place. I'm making it worse. Why would I do that? For what? For money? You got to be kidding me. You can't buy me like that. You know, we want to promote good things that improve the quality of mankind. Akbar, you've got integrity. I really like that. That (laughs) really shows. And it shows in how you take your clients, which is select, just right up to the top. I really like that. And I also like the fact that you're here to get blessings. I've never heard anyone put it that way. I like that a lot. That's very cool. I'm going to use that. I'm here to get blessings. Yeah, please do. Now, one of the facets in the customer growing is not just selling something, but you also help them manage an online course and sell their information. And tell us a little bit about how that all works. Listen, people can package their products in many different ways. You know, people can do e-commerce, they can do coaching, they can have a course, they can do group coaching, they can do events. You know, that depends on on the business, but there's a lot of different modules, a lot of different modes of delivery. Most people are not taking advantage of it. Most people don't know how to do it. Most people don't know what to do. They don't understand the potential. You see, there's too many shiny objects out there, Tony. There's too many shiny objects out there. You see the, the marketing world has screwed up our minds. We see over 4,000 ads a day, okay? The average human has an attention span of seven seconds. The average goldfish has an average attention span of eight seconds, okay? So our minds are mush. So... <laughs> You know, I need to help entrepreneurs refocus and really kind of focus on their core offerings 
and help grow that before they get sidelined with the next shiny object. I like that. I'm surprised, though, that we have less attention span than the goldfish. (laughs) That's true. That's a study uh, done by Microsoft. I know. We're all goldfish here. (laughs) (laughs) Akbar, another factor that you use is how your, you call them power players, how they communicate. Can you just take us through this and tell us all about it? Power players communicate effectively. They communicate honestly. You know, everyone, you know, there's good use. I I mean, there's really a lot of good use for entrepreneurs. Your competition, generally speaking, is stinky stew. I had a guy today. He signed up for five. He was looking for a coach. He signed up for five. There was a, there was he, he heard about me and my calendar was full for my sales team. And, you know, there wasn't any availabilities for a week. Okay. So he booked an appointment for a week, but he was in a rush. He's like, oh, I need it. Oh, I want to coach now. I want to coach now. He booked five other appointments with five other coaches. He's this, this guy wants a coach and a mentor right away. None of those people showed up to the calls. None of the coaches showed up to the appointment. Yeah, well, to be fair, one of them did have some calendar issue and, and uh, you know, had some tech issue, which I, I still feel is nonsense. But none of them really showed up. The follow-up wasn't there. None of them showed up. I spoke to him today, one week after he booked the call and five no-shows later. And guess what? I sh- we showed up to the call. We were, he showed up prepared. We treated him with respect. We answered the questions. We did things the right way. And here we go. He signed up to be a client of ours. And we know he's going to become a millionaire as well. Because <laughs> that's what you do. You're so well, modest. <laughs> that's the goal. Yeah. It depends on the person. You know, They need to be able to implement and they need to be able to not give up. Right. Now, in your process, you've been there, done it all. Of course, you can't literally type all the keystrokes and do everything for everyone. But you guide them. You give them information. You tell them what to do next. Is it sort of like... You create little blueprints and say, this week you should do this, this, and this. Next week you're going to do this, this, and this. How does that work? You know, Tony, that's a great question. I'll be honest with you. We're not super structured like that because it's more custom tailored. It's like, it's like, well, what's going wrong? What's going on in your business? What's going wrong in your business? Let's take a look at that and let's fix that. Instead of you learning a bunch of stuff that, that you might not need to. I got you. Makes very, very good sense. We've helped eight funnels hit seven figures. People all over the world across all different industries, e-com, courses, services, physical locations, all different things. I mean, recently, my gosh, we've, I, 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 we have testimony folders full. Uh, one guy sent us a video. He was crying, literally crying because we helped him get enough money to put a down payment on his first house. How nice. Uh, yeah, that was, that was one of my favorites, uh, definitely. Uh, then we had, you know, a lady just had a friend. And then, you know, on the flip side, you know, I talk a lot about seven figures. I'll tell hey, listen, not everybody wants that. We helped somebody just hit their first $10,000 a month. Somebody just hit their first $40,000 a month. Someone just crossed $250,000. Someone, we just helped someone land a $650,000 contract. So, I mean, the results are, you know, they're all over the world. They're all over the, all over the, the different niches and industries. People, are, the implementers are seeing success. There's no doubt about it. I mean, listen, you've got to put in the work. You have to implement. You can't give up. 
you know, we worked very hard. Uh, there's no magic pills out there, okay? There's no flip a switch and you're a millionaire. You, if you're willing to put in the work and you're not going to give up, we actually guarantee results. I, I don't it. know. Yeah, I don't know anyone else who does this. We stick with you, Tony. We stick with you. We keep working with you until you have a positive ROI with your investment with us. I saw that on your website that you will stick with the person. You don't drop them like the redheaded stepchild. You stay with them <laughs> until they are successful. And one thing we mentioned a couple times so that the public understands what we're talking about. We say this word funnel a couple times, seven digit funnel. Can you kind of break this apart a little bit so that the audience understands what we're talking about? Listen, a funnel is nothing more than just a website. It's actually genius marketing. Someone is, you know, someone came up with this word, this buzzword named funnel. But the reality is a funnel is just a series of websites that does whatever you want it to do. Okay. So in essence, listen, I come from a, a, a lineage of entrepreneurs. I'm very well familiar with all types of businesses, wholesale, retail, offline, online, wholesaling, manufacturing, everything you can think of. I'm very familiar with all these industries. I can confidently say that the sexiest business model I have ever seen is online business by far. I mean, it is so beautiful. Your website is your online store. Your website or funnel is your online store. Talk about like low overhead. Talk about freedom. I love it. Most people fail, by the way. The statistics, you know, listen, most people fail at everything. I mean, I think, what is it? 90, I don't know, 98% of online entrepreneurs or 98% of online entrepreneurs, something like that, don't make it. And it's the same exact thing with weight loss. 98, 99% of people who try to lose weight fail. That's why it's a multi-billion dollar industry. I know I failed. I tried to lose weight for 10 years. I failed all the time. I spent all sorts of money on all sorts of programs, exercise programs, supplements, this, that. Nothing worked because same thing. I kept giving up. I kept giving up. I didn't stick to it. I didn't stick to it. But when I got my mind right and I decided to commit, then I, only then did I lose 60 pounds. You see what I'm saying? But that's the thing. Having a successful online business is extraordinarily sexy. It's full of rewards. But the reality is, you know who really reaps these rewards is really like the top 2%. And the bottom 98%, they all could have it. They could have it all. But they just give up. They just give up. They can have it all if they hire you. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, listen, if they, if they are people who just give up all the time, you can hire me 100 times. It's not going to work. All right, so you've got to be able, you've got to not want to give up and continue on no matter what. You've got to have yeah. some, some character, some ethical product here that actually helps society. You apply to Akbar and he checks it out. And if it seems like a good fit, you say, okay, let's check it out. Here's the thing my cousin wanted to start an online business. Now, this guy's pretty smart. I live in Dallas, he's in New Jersey. He flew over to me, he said, hey, I'm coming down. That's pretty smart because he's family. I can't charge him. If somebody else was to come spend a day with me, you know, it cost a good amount of money. So, you know, he took advantage of the fact they were family. And it made me think for a second, saying, hey, you know, this is interesting. How can I, what am I going to tell my own family member? This guy's like my best friend. We grew up together. What am I going to tell him on how do you succeed online? And I boiled it down to these three things. Number one, find a mentor. Find a coach. Number two, implement. Do exactly what they tell you. And number three, don't give up. Boom, that's it. Follow that three-step. That's my three-step formula for succeeding online. I like that. 
Akbar, and if people go to your website, and I'm going to spell it, it's akbarshik.com. That's A-K-B-A-R-S-H-E-I-K-H.com. Akbarshik.com. If they go there, can they reach out to you? Can they ask you questions? Are you contactable through there? We've made hundreds of videos. And right now, I just put up what I believe to be the best video we've ever made on how to get a, a blueprint to making seven figures online. You go to my website, that's the first thing you're going to see. If you love what you see, there's actually a button that will give you an opportunity to book a call with us and to see uh, if we're the right fit, to see if we can help you out. I love it. Well, audience, go to akbarshik.com. Check out that video. I've been up and down that homepage. Absolutely amazing with the testimonials and what they do. And if you're a good fit, please reach out to Akbar. You'll be his next millionaire, I'm sure, because he is so passionate. He's very humble. You know, Akbar, what you've done in this interview, it's like almost two different people because I think you put your money where your mouth is sort of thing. You don't talk big. You don't boast. But your results are friggin' amazing. Absolutely love it. Well, yeah, I know there's the, you know, I prefer it that way. We let the results speak for itself. There's not much to say. Let's get to work. Well, great. Once again, Akbar Sheik, the millionaire maker. You can go to his website, akbarsheik.com. Check it out. Akbar, thank you so much. I wish you so much success and many more millionaires. (laughs) well that's my number one secret is just keep giving Uh, so that's my number one advice to everyone just keep giving my website is spelled a-k-b-a-r-s-h-e-i-k-h.com just keep giving and you can't lose i'll talk to you guys soon great thank you very much akbar sheik we'll keep giving thank you and for my amazing audience thanks so much for listening remember success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds Be righteous. Join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.